Open your Bibles up tonight. I want to just talk to you for just a few minutes and, and feed your soul a little bit uh, about being confident. How many want to be confident? Amen? How many know confidence is a good thing? Very good thing. But how many know that we can be confident in bad ways? I call confidence in a bad way pride. Amen? When you're confident in a bad way, it's pride. Last night I was playing basketball at 24-Hour Fitness, and, and, I, and you know I love to play basketball. It's an outlet for me, and, and, and go get exercise, and, and I go in these really good talent up there where I play, and, and I enjoy it, and I try to you know, hang with these guys still. I'm 39, try to hang with all these young bucks, I call them, amen, 20, 25 years old, and a lot of them play overseas, a lot of them play in college, and it's, they're you know, very talented, but they're prideful. And last night in one of the games, it was funny because these guys started going at it, you know, between each other to see who was better. And so when that began to happen, the game become, became not fun anymore because everybody else was running down the court, 10 people, and eight of us were watching two people go at each other. And that's not fun. That's pride. Amen. So you can be confident. You know, when I play basketball, I'm confident that I'm going to shoot and it's going to go in, that I'm going to be able to play good and I'm going to win and I want to win when I get out there. I don't like losing, amen? I like to win. And confidence is good, but pride is not. And so God wants us to be confident. And I was thinking this week, and I know this is from the Lord, if you get your Bibles open to Proverbs 14, I'm going to read quite a few scriptures tonight. I was thinking, and I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me, that after Sunday, you know sometimes when we go over a message like Sunday, when we talk about the rapture, and we've been talking the last few weeks about the spirit of the Antichrist and all these things that are happening in the world, our, our, our faith sometimes can be shook just because it's so much craziness going on. But even besides that, I think sometimes we can begin as believers to get to a place where we walk in fear. How many say, can say Amen. I'm going to get where I'm going. You can begin to say, man, you can, you can begin to feel like, am, am, I, am I good enough? Am I right? Am I right? And there's a certain side of that that is good to have that attitude. But I want to teach you tonight through the word of God that God wants us to have confidence in Christ. Amen? Not confidence in ourselves, confidence in Christ. And I want to show you the balance of how you can be seeing all these things go on and there can be a certain fear of the uncertain or a fear of, well, what if I wasn't ready or a fear of, you know, am I doing something that's not pleasing to God or all those fears. And, and that's, a, that's okay to have that fear that I'm going to show you in a second. But the other side of that balance is that we should be confident in who we are in Christ. Amen. So Proverbs 14 says this, verse 26, here's the key. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. Okay? So we can be confident, but our confidence comes from fear of the Lord. Amen? That kind of doesn't make sense at, at first time you hear it, but if you think about it, God is saying, if you will rever uh, reverence me, if you will respect me, you can be confident that you are abiding in me and I'm abiding in you. How many are following me? So you, you can't be confident 
in yourself in Christ and in, in, in what God is in your life if you are not doing your part to be reverent to God. The Bible says that fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Now, when you hear the word fear, fear could come in like, oh, something bad's going to happen. That's not the fear he's talking about. Fear means reverence. Fear means respect. Okay? So just like I was talking about in basketball, if anybody's ever played sports, it is smart to respect your opposition. Not fear them, amen. Not, not necessarily fear them, but respect them. So God is not looking for us to fear him, but he's looking for us to respect him. How many know when you respect somebody, good things happen? How many are following me? So I feel like tonight God wants us to have an understanding that he wants us to be confident in him. Amen? And we can walk through our walk with the Lord. And Jeff's going to make me switch mics, aren't you? Ah, I'm going to be stuck to a cord. Testing. Here we go. I'll pray for this sound system. Devil's mad. If he can't get in us, he'll get in the sound system. And, and, and the mic. That was my fault. That wasn't the devil's. He gets the blame for everything. Amen. So as we're, as we're walking with the Lord, he wants us to be confident. Now watch this. Look at this again. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. And look at this, and his children will have a place of refuge. God is a refuge, amen? He's a place of refuge if we'll just respect and fear him for who he is. And you could get to a place of, watch this, think about this. Remember when Chris preached a couple weeks ago, and he mentioned the driving and the speeding and the speed limits and all that, and he talked about how you know, we've all gotten tickets and everything. Think about this, if you're not doing anything wrong, there is no reason to fear the police, right? If you're not speeding, if, you're not, if you don't have warrants, if you don't have a lack of insurance, if you're doing all the things that the law asks you to do and you're, and you're doing right, you can have a cop pull you over and you don't have to be having your heart beat a thousand miles an hour and you don't have to be looking behind your back because you're right. So there's a fear and a respect for the law because it's the law but it's not a fear that I'm going to get in trouble because I'm not doing anything wrong. How many are following me? That's what God wants us to have in him. He wants us to be able to listen to a message about the rapture and have a respectful fear that, wow, if God wants to you know, come back and, and, and I'm not ready, that's, that he's a big God and, man, I better do what he says. That's a respect. But I can also have a confidence that if I'm abiding in the Lord and I love the Lord and my heart's right and I'm praying and I'm reading the word and I'm, and I'm walking in his favor, I can be confident that I'm in good standing with the Lord. Amen? And it doesn't matter what else is going on around me, I'm good. And God wants us to walk, not pridefully, but confidently. Too many of us tonight are walking with our heads down. We've got our heads looking down and we're, we're being beaten down and these messages aren't to beat us down. They're to convict us to walk right but to understand who we're walking in and like I say all the time, God's not looking for an opportunity to say, okay, if the, I'm going to come back now because they're not ready. That's the exact opposite. He's actually waiting that we would get things in order. He's actually being patient so more people would be saved. 
That's not the God we serve, but he is a just God. He is a righteous God. He is a holy God. Amen. But we can be confident tonight in his word. And if his word says something, I believe it, and it's yes and amen. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 3. Here's what the word confidence means if you're taking notes in the dictionary. And this is the kind of faith that I want you to have in Jesus tonight. Confidence is a firm trust. A firm trust. Una confianza firme. Amen? A firm trust, or it says a feeling of certainty about something. That means I can be certain tonight. I can have a feeling of certainty that I'm saved. I can have a feeling of certainty tonight and a firmness of trust that Jesus Christ is on my side. That he's not against me tonight. That he's not mad at me tonight. That he loves me tonight. Amen. And in the spite of all the garbage that's going on in the world, God is on my side. And the Bible says, if God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. That's the confidence tonight. That's not pride. That's confidence. Jesus wants his children to walk in confidence. So as you're getting to 1 Thessalonians 3, I'm going to read that Proverbs one more time. In the fear of the Lord, one has strong confidence. This says in verse 3 of 1 Thessalonians 3, but the Lord, watch this, is faithful. Has anybody in this place tonight found that God is faithful? Is there anybody in here right now that can give me a witness and say amen that God is faithful tonight? Amen. He is faithful. And he says, who will establish you, here's a promise, and guard you from the evil one. That ought to make you happy tonight. That ought to get you excited tonight. Amen. That ought to to get you shouting tonight, even if it's a Wednesday night and you're tired. Amen? That the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. That's why I can believe a verse like Isaiah 54, 17 that says, No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Amen? Am I in the wrong chapter? 2 Thessalonians. See, see what happens with technology? When I, print my, when I print my notes out, I get in trouble. See, I like that y'all are looking at me weird and everything when I'm not in the right place. I like that. It means you're paying attention. So it's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And that's the problem that that one's right next to the two on the keyboard. If it wasn't so close. All right, can I read it now? Ali. But the Lord is faithful. Who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? And watch this. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you. Now, notice that says we have confidence in the Lord. Not in me. Not in you. Not in the world. Not in money. Not in things. In the Lord. If you will get your confidence on God, everything will be all right. It's when we begin to get our confidence in our job. It's when we begin to get our confidence in ourselves or our spouse 
or a family member or a situation that we fail. But if we will keep our confidence in the Lord, we'll be good. He says, concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the patience of Christ. So listen again to what confidence is. A firm trust. A feeling of certainty about something. Shouldn't you wake up in the morning and feel certain that you are saved? Amen. Shouldn't you go to bed at night and feel certain that if the trumpet sounds, you're going up? Amen. Shouldn't you have that confidence? Amen. There's no reason for you to be thinking, well, well, what if, what if? If you are abiding in Christ, he is abiding in you. If you are fearing the Lord and walking in his ways, there's nothing to fear. Amen. There's nothing to fear. You got to get to a place where you say, hey, let all hell break loose if it has to, but I will not be touched because God is with me. Amen. And he's by my side and I can be confident tonight that even if it rains, Fire from heaven, I'm going to be protected. Amen? Because he will guard me and establish me and keep me from the evil one. Go to the book of Psalms, if you would. I, wanna, I just thought of three things tonight, and I'll run through it quickly. Just three of many things we could be thinking, we could be struggling with. Many, many, many things. I could use an example, but here's one. Fear of man. Fear of situations. Fear. I talked about that. In the beginning, we can fear things. Sometimes we can be afraid of what man can do to me. You know, what, what, what can somebody do to hurt me, to hurt my finances, to hurt my family? You know, you hear something like happened yesterday and it's happening all the time with these shootings and you hear the school shootings and, you know, we can wake up in fear and think, God, what if something happened here in Denton, Texas? What if something happened at a school? What if something like there, in the, if it happens in the nation's capital, where can't it happen? And you can have fear. But God doesn't want his children to walk in fear. Amen. Let me, let me give you some notice again tonight, some news that helped me a long time ago, and I've shared it before. You are not going to die one second or one late second earlier or one second later than God has already established for you to die. Amen. You can be confident tonight that the day you breathe your last breath, you're supposed to die. Come on. Somebody got that and somebody didn't. There is no reason to fear death. There's no reason to fear anything in this world because your steps, the Bible says, are ordered of God. Amen? And it's already worked out. Everything you're going through is already worked out. God has already walked it out for you, and you do not have to fear man or institutions or jobs or the law or the world or anything else. Amen? Because you're not going to die. I've told you that before. When my friend died in Costa Rica at 27 and had a heart attack and fell dead, it rocked my world. It jacked me up. It hurt bad. It scared me. I, got, I, was, a, I was a believer. Every day, man, the death angel come telling you, he came to my bed. He'd hang out. Fear would be looming over my life. And I'd wake up with a beautiful family and a ministry and a, and a, and a, and a house and, and provision. And I'd, be, and I'd have fear I was going to die that day. I'm going to die. I'd see my kids. I'd look at them. And I'd, be, I'd, I'd, I'd think this is the last time I'm going to see them. It was, a, it was a spirit of fear that was of the devil. 
And I had to get a word from God one day when my father called me on the phone and he said these, those very simple words I just said to you right now. He said, you are not going to die one second before or one second after you're going to die. You're supposed to die. And something lifted off of me and I said, amen. The day I die is the day I die. Amen. I'm not worried about it anymore. You can know tonight that it's your job. You're not going to stay one second longer or be there one second less than you're supposed to be at that job. Amen? You're not going to be at your house one second earlier or one second later than you're supposed to be at that house. You're not going to drive your car one second longer or one second less than you're supposed to drive that car. It is done. It is in God's hands. You can be confident tonight that Jesus Christ is by your side. Amen. Boy, it's a good Wednesday night message. I should have saved this for Sunday. Amen. Psalms 118.6 and 56.11. God said this twice. The same verse. The Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do to me. Let me read that again. This is twice in the book of Psalms. The Lord is on my side. Now, I just, I'm not even going to take the time to get into that, but are you listening to what I'm saying? I didn't say that the government's on your side. I didn't say that some superhero was on your side. I didn't say that some football team was on your side. I didn't say your spouse was by your side. I said the Lord Almighty is on your side. Whom shall I fear? We forget who we serve. We should be walking around with our chests out and our heads high, not in pride, but in confidence that I am a child of the living God. And no man can do anything to me. It's one of my favorite verses. No weapon formed against me can prosper. I don't mean that the, the arrows and the guns are not going to be pointed in your face. Amen. doesn't mean that all kinds of bad things aren't going to be looking at you. But my Bible says it shall not prosper. That bullet can even be coming at you. Amen. But it's going to turn away. It cannot hit you. Amen. No weapon formed against me can prosper. And then we go on to see in Hebrews 13, 6, he says this. So we may boldly say, I want you to say this with me tonight, boldly. The Lord is my helper. Amen? You can say that boldly. Not, well, I think the Lord is my helper. No, the Lord is my helper. We can say that boldly. That's what Hebrews 13, 6 says. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me? Next time you're facing some situation, you need to look at it and say, what do you think you can do to me? Are you bigger than my God? Are you bigger than my Savior? Are you bigger than my Lord? You can look at that bill. You can look at that person. You can look at that situation and say, nope, my God is bigger than you. Amen. How many know God wants us to walk in some confidence tonight? Amen some confidence of who God is in our life. Another thing I thought about is depression. That's a big one. People get depressed. 
I guarantee you it's not God's will for you to be shouting tonight and be waking up in the morning crying. That's not God's will. He doesn't want you on a roller coaster. Amen. You're going to have some days you're going to be sad, but don't stay there. Amen. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. You shouldn't be depressed more than two days. You need to get some confidence in who your Savior is tonight. So when you're depressed and you're down, Psalms 42.11 says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? How many know you need to look in the mirror sometimes? Say, what are you depressed about? This is, this is David speaking to himself. He goes, why are you depressed? Don't wait for somebody else to ask you why you're depressed. Ask yourself. Amen? Say, what's wrong with you? Why are you depressed? He says, why, verse 11 of Psalm 42, are you disquieted within me? He's, and then he tells himself, hope in God, for I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance of my God. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. You've heard me say this before, and you might have heard me say it to you. I ask you how you are. If I hear you say I'm okay, I'm going to change it for you. I might have done that to you. How you doing? Oh, I'm okay. Well, you know what gets on my nerves? Is when you're always okay. Do you ever have a good day? Come on. I'm okay. Do you know what okay is? Let me tell you what okay is. Because when I sit, when I ask you that and you're in church and you shake my hand and and, and you, you're alive, and you're here, and you're dressed, and you came in the car, and you ate before you came, and you're going to a house after, that's not okay. Okay would be being in a hospital. Okay would be in jail. Okay would be bankrupt. Okay would be that you don't have any food tonight when you go home. You're better than okay. Change your vocabulary. Get some confidence in Jesus. I'm good. I'm good. I know somebody, not in this church, amen, so you're off the hook. I've never heard that person say, I'm good. Always, I'm okay. He might have just got a new car. He might have just got a raise on his job, but he's just okay. I'm okay. Change your vocabulary, church. Amen. Don't let the Lord take you to a place where you see what okay is. Amen? Because you might say, well, that don't sound like okay. That's bad. No, bad is dead and not in Christ. Amen? Bad is six feet under on your way to hell. You can't be saved and be okay. I was telling the guy this last night at, at, the, at the court. I said, you can't be saved and be okay. Okay are people who are in the world and don't have Jesus or any hope of a future. I'm not okay. I'm great. Because it doesn't matter what's happening in my life tonight. I'm on my way to heaven. Like Robert said in the offering, I need to think eternally. I need to get my mind on eternal things. I am way better than okay. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort, wow, comfort, 
with which we ourselves are comforted by God. Wow, you see how many times I just said comforted? Comfort. And, and here's what's interesting. He didn't say that we wouldn't have any tribulations. I hate this cord, by the way. But I'm thankful that I have a microphone, Jeff. Amen. I'm tripping all over it over here. This thing's going to be in knots when I'm done. Listen to this. Blessed be the God of our Father and Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. So we don't need to fear tribulation because in the tribulation, you know what, you know what the Bible says? He says, I will set up a table for you in the presence of your enemies. He didn't say you wouldn't have enemies, but he said in the midst of that trouble, I'm going to lay out. That means you can be doing good in the midst of tribulation. You can be going through trials and struggles and problems and you can still say, I'm good. It's not being hypocrite. It's understanding your circumstance. So how are you doing? Well, how many know that sometimes when you ask somebody that, it opens up a real big door? You're thinking, man, I really didn't want to know. How are you doing? Well, let me count the ways. I've been better. Well, how many know what I'm saying? We can be happy in our troubles. We can realize, I can realize, I've learned over the years to realize if I got something bad going on, somebody has it worse. Somebody's got it worse. You know, I used to be on the streets of Costa Rica ministering to people, poor people, hurting people. I'd find a guy that'd be you know, coming down the street in, in with, with crutches and one leg. And he'd be on drugs. And I'd think to myself, man, he's got it pretty bad, but he has a leg. That sounds weird, but it's the truth. Because I guarantee you there could be somebody coming down the road in a wheelchair that can't walk saying, man, I wish I had a leg. I wish I had one leg. See, that's perspective. Some people aren't happy with the two they have. Amen. And that they work good. Oh, I guess I got to go on from that. I got some resistance there. Amen. Come on, it's the truth. Why don't you get happy about what you have and be thankful for what you have? Be confident that what you have is what God has for you. Amen. He's given it to you, it's good. There's always somebody who has it worse. Oh, all I got to eat tonight when I go home is some top ramen. It's all I got. I, all I got is a box of top ramen. I'm not going to ask how many of you are going to go home and eat top ramen tonight, amen? Guess what? There's a whole lot of people that don't have any top ramen to eat. Confidence. Last one. This is a big one. I'm not worthy, we think. I'm not worthy to be saved. I'm not worthy to be forgiven. I'm not worthy to go in the rapture. 
I'm not worthy to be saved. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. We people, too many people walking with their head down thinking I'm not worthy. Well, guess what? You're right. You're 100% right. You're not. And neither am I and neither is anybody in this world. Nobody is worthy of salvation. And that's what makes it so awesome. Amen? Is that we're not worthy of salvation. But that Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to die for you anyways. I'm going to give my life for you anyways. Go to Romans chapter 5, and I'll close up tonight. Romans chapter 5. Look at these verses. These are powerful verses. Trying to show you in just a few little examples tonight in the word that we can be confident in Christ. Not prideful, confident. How many know that the people you're trying to witness to need to see some confidence in you? They need to believe that you believe in what you believe in. Amen. I don't know if I want to follow you because you don't look like you're too convinced. I don't want that. Amen. I got that the other day. I I forgot who it was. It happened to me again at the gym. Someone found out I was a pastor and then they go, that explains everything. It was a good thing. It wasn't bad. Amen. They said that explains a lot. I don't way I talk or I don't know what it is but it was a good thing amen let people find out that you're confident in Christ that there's something in you that they want and that they need if you're always walking around griping and complaining and scared and mad and angry and baptizing lemon juice ain't nobody gonna want what you have amen come on somebody say amen or woe is me amen if you have something that they want then they're gonna be hey well it must be real I'm not saying you can't have a bad day, but we need to be confident in Christ. I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. It's a lie from the devil. I'm not good enough. Yeah, you're right. No one's good, the Bible says. Not one, but Jesus. Watch this, Romans 5, verse 6. For when we were still without strength... In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. Guess who that is? All of us. For scarcely will a righteous man die. Sorry, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and I love this verse, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Do you realize that Jesus died for you at your worst time and your worst place and your worst situation and your worst anger and your worst fear in your wickedest place, Jesus died? died for you he didn't say I'm gonna die for you when you get to this place he said go to your worst place I'm gonna die for you right there so that you can be confident in this that you're not worthy of my salvation that you're not worthy of my death but that I'm gonna die for you anyways because I love you and I have a plan for you and you can be confident not in who you are but in who I am I am confident tonight. I am not prideful tonight. I am confident tonight that I am a child of the living God. I am a son of inheritance. I am a child of the king. 
Amen? Why are we walking around with our heads down? Oh, my parents don't have any money. No one's going to leave me anything. I'm not going to get anything when they die. I don't have anything. Let me remind you who you are. You are a child of the king. We should walk with our heads held high. And he says much more, verse 9, now having been justified by his blood. Watch this. If you haven't gotten excited yet, this will save you. This will get you excited here. If you not get excited about this, check your pulse. We've been justified by his blood, and because of that, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Amen. We're not going to see God's wrath. You don't have to worry about God's wrath because of the blood of Jesus and my faith in the blood of Jesus. When you get in trouble is when you take your eyes off of Jesus and you take your eyes off of the blood. That's when you get in trouble. But as long as you are thankful for the blood, as long as you love Jesus, as long as your eyes are upon the cross, you are good. And you can be confident. And whenever you begin to get unconfident, you need to go back to this verse. Now look real quick with me. I need to open mine up real quick. Right there in Romans 5. I need to show you something. This is something important. Romans 5. We read uh, 6 to 9. But go now. Let me get where I'm trying to find here. Actually, I want to go over to 1 Corinthians 6. Did I read 9 and 10? I read 9. I want to read 10. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, uh, uh, sorry, much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Listen to that again. If we were enemies, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Amen? It's, it's one thing, okay, he died for me and that I'm, I'm saved because of his death, but it's another level when I begin to embrace his salvation and love his salvation and love his death on the cross, and love what he did for me, and love his return for me. Amen? Let's close with this. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And musicians, you can come tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Say amen when you get there. When we talk about the rapture, when we talk about the spirit of the Antichrist, when we talk about these things going on in the world, those things are for the disobedient. Those things are for the people who do not accept the plan of salvation of Jesus Christ. Amen. They're not for us. Now watch this. Read this with me. Don't shut me down. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Look at verse 9. You there? 
do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Okay, that's a fact. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Do not be deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, adulterers, homosexuals, sodomites, thieves, covetous, drunkards, revelers, extortioners will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the good news is, verse 11, and the problem is, is we forget what we used to be it says and as such were some of you as such were some of you how many know it's important sometimes when we think about where we're going to remember where we were hell makes heaven look a lot better right sometimes we don't really think enough about heaven because we forget where we were going and we get so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good what does that mean that means we get so caught up in heaven that we're not helping anybody else get there and that's our call and so if I'm so confident or prideful I should say in my salvation in my walk I get to a place where I start looking down on people oh you sinner oh you man you messed up and we forget what we were we were worse amen we were lost so sometimes the problem is is we're we're too stuck in our own walk with God and we're too stuck and I know this isn't our problem here because we preach this so much thank God it, to get out in the streets to get out and work to get out at school to get out the supermarket to get out and witness and see them lost people and remember where you were amen and get those people to come where you are now amen we got to remember where we came from he says as such were some of you but say but you were washed you were sanctified you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the spirit of our God come on church amen how many been justified in this place tonight sanctified and washed in the blood amen let's stand to our feet tonight confidence as you stand up, I want you to stand up confidently. I want you to get your head up this morning. Not, I, want, I want you to get not prideful, but I want you to be confident. Did anybody get the difference tonight between prideful and confident? Pride comes before a fall. But Jesus says, you can be confident in me. You can know that my word is yes and amen. Amen. And if you'll abide in me, but he says, I'll abide in you. Amen. You stay the walk. You work. You stay in the walk. You stay there. You you believe and trust in my righteousness. You're good. You don't have to fear. I've given you enough verses to last you a month tonight on things that will help you remember. If God be for me, who can be against me? Father, we thank you for your word tonight.